the hard shoulder on News Talk with Nissan Subscribe and Drive. No deposit, no compromise, no fuss. Find out more at Nissan.ie. Welcome back to the final furlong now. Every week we complete the show in the last hour on Fridays by putting together a group of victims for um, our discussion of the week. It's a great pleasure to welcome back Mary O'Rourke, Fianna Fáil uh, Minister from Athlone, of course, John Duggan of Off the Ball and Lise Hand, journalist extraordinaire. Uh, thank you all for joining me. Uh, uh, John, uh, you, 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 as well as all your other work, uh, you, you, you've got this Saturday show of live sport now between one and five here on the station. Yes, we've always had it. I'm, I'm just sitting in the chair now for a bit until they decide that uh, they don't want me anymore. But at the moment, it seems to be going quite well, Ivan. <laughs> And uh, thankfully, no, no, no. In, in all seriousness, I'm very grateful. So looking forward to tomorrow. we got commentary of Northampton Leinster and uh, then a lot of uh, football action in the football show, including obviously a discussion of the FAI yeah. Inferno. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we discussed that earlier on the show. Yeah, I'm wondering, will there be any arrests? Uh, because <laughs> it's got to a whole new level. But uh, uh, I'm going to the home match, uh, Leinster in the Aviva, uh, which is on... Start your Christmas, Ivan. Absolutely. Well, my start... When my, is that? Tomorrow? Or you know, it, so you see, they're playing the away leg, Mary, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, against yeah, yeah, Northampton yeah. and the home leg the following week. All right, let's, let's get to our first uh, topic. Take a listen. Well, this may be a hoary old chestnut, but it was sparked off this year, the fairy tale of New York, of course, Kirsty McCall uh, and her song with Shane and the Pogues. Uh, what, what happened this year was there was this DJ on BBC Radio Solent and he basically said he was no longer comfortable playing this song and he called it Downmarket Chav Bilge. Which, which actually sums up the hard shoulder pretty accurately. <laughs> uh, and every year this row does break out. So, uh, John, John Doug, do you take offence? I mean, like, the, the words are, are not that nice. They are not that nice, but they are, they are of a time. And oh. I don't think there's any other song really like that song. It is played too much. I mean, if you ate steak every day forever, you and even if you love steak, you just get sick of steak. Uh, I just think it's played a bit too much. But it is a unique song. It it is a very Irish song, and uh, it's it's a very warm song for Christmas. Um, even though the subject matter might not be completely straight or relevant to everybody's life, but I don't have no issue with the song, and I just think whoever was you know given out about it was probably attention seeking. Okay, but like the, the the issue, and this isn't the first. And let me just quote the the lyrics: "You're a bum, you're a punk, you're an old slot on junk, lying there almost dead on a drip in that bed." You scumbag, you maggot, you cheapy, lousy, the word that rums with uh, maggot, beginning with F. Uh, <laughs> Happy Christmas, your arse, I'll pray God it's your last. Not the type of Christmas cheer we like, Mary. Yeah, but still, it's kind of very popular at Christmas and people talk about it and they sing it. And they, I think it's of its time and I think it's pretty good. I do. It's obviously the... role-playing, two people in yeah, a drunk yeah, tank sure, in yeah, New York, yeah, yeah. so like, it's, it's they, not a pleasant scene. They don't know what to say to one another to insult one another. Exactly. Yeah, they don't. And they're probably inebriated and, yeah, and, but, and, and all that well, kind of so thing. What? So but, what? But, 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 but the, 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 the thing is, some people 
clearly find some of the words here well, offensive. Well, then they, do, they don't have to listen to it. Isn't that it? They can just tune out. Lise, you're a rock chick. I know this This might not be a rock song. Do you like the song, first of all? I love the song. I okay. do too, yeah. yeah. I love the song. And the first time I heard the song was in Barrowlands in Glasgow, the, when it was released. And the Pogues had actually flown a few, the, a few rock chicks over for the gig. And it was the first time I'd seen, I'd heard it played live. What was it mid-80s, something like 87. that? 87. 87, yeah. 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 First time I'd heard the pl- song played live and Kirsty McCall was on stage with, with Shane McGowan. And something happened during the song when they came to the, the, you know, the that great exchange. I could have been someone, so so could anyone. The whole of Barrowlands just started roaring out the lyrics, right? Well, so could anyone. And every, the hair on everybody's, the back of everybody's neck stood up. It was the most incredible reaction to a song I've ever seen. And this was a brand new song. And Shane McGowan is a superb songwriter. He has written some absolutely astonishing songs. And, you know, when this ridiculous row, and I'm, I really do think it, it, it is genuinely attention-seeking disc spinners, you know, who, who raised this. He came back. He responded in a very reasonable fashion, said... You know, these are characters. She wasn't supposed to be a pleasant person or a nice person, and no, neither was he. He was writing characters. These aren't supposed to be nice people. Mm. So, you know, to change the lyrics, you're changing the whole meaning of the song. These are people who are down on their luck. They're down and out. Life is bleak. And for, you know, for people who aren't having a good Christmas, life is bleak. So, you know, to, to you know, and as Mary says, you don't want to listen to it, you know, just walk okay, away, stick see, your fingers the, in the, 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 But this is only the tip of the iceberg, John, in this respect, that, that we've been covering different elements of what's now called a woke Christmas, which is, is vegan. Liberal uh, fascism. Yeah, it, 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 <laughs> no, <clears throat> no plastics or things, uh, packaging um, and, and, and lots of different elements, the Christmas tree and so on. The, 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 the issue is this, that there's probably some merit in the essential argument, we'd all be better on the planet if we lived a more sustainable lifestyle. The point is, you know, if vulgar and abusive F-words, you know what I mean, would be better not used in the national conversation. And we haven't used it here on air. So, I mean, like, the point is this, how far do you go between what's right and wrong You go, and to cor- and you go towards it down- common sense. Right. Common sense. Is that an offensive song? No. Common sense that I thought I was, yeah. in, 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 you know, imbued with, even if that's the word, uh, since I was about three or four, would tell me it's not offensive. But common sense in the 70s and common sense in 2020 is a different thing. Oh, I don't know, Ivan. I think you're barking up a wrong tree in trying to find fault with Fairy Tale of New York. No, no, no but I'm widening it out now into I know you Christmas are, I know you are, yes. I think younger people are, I, I bet you if we came back and had this conversation at 2040, things that we would consider now to be ridiculous to be, you know what I mean, in mm. terms of we'll just take the eco thing or, or and it could be gender, it could be feminist issues. Mm. Uh, like there's no, a I lot mean, of... Things do evolve. I mean, yes. I certainly would agree with that. I mean, feminism evolves, uh, equality evolves, everything Languages evolves. Languages evolve. Languages yeah. evolve. If we're talking about something like fairy tale, and this is where John is right, you have to apply a certain degree of common sense. You know, it is still... I mean, a survey came out across 50 regional stations, UK radio stations, and it's still the most popular song. And people you know, consistently mm-hmm. vote it as one of their favourite songs because it does speak to them. And I mean, what do you do? Do you go in and clean, out, clean up the, you know, the Canterbury Tales because, you know, Chaucer was a boy, yeah. bad boy and used some naughty words and that? You know, where do you, where do you, where do you go back and draw the, li- you know, draw the line? All right. Uh, 53106, what's your view on where we draw the line between 
poor taste and what's actually unacceptable. Okay, now we had a bit of fun on the show when we covered the story of a, a group of people. Well, it started with 26 people, I should say, uh, put together a petition saying that the great man, Jim Gavin, the unique and historic five-in-a-row achievement, and I, I think it's seven Leinsters, and I don't know how many league titles, the whole thing just combined is is a machine. So he, he made the smart decision to leave at the top on his own terms. And I see, is it old Moore's Almanac has Tip and Kerry to yeah. win in 2020? So maybe his timing is prophetic. Um, the idea was, the petition, that like JFK Airport, George Best Airport in, in Belfast, John Lennon Airport in Liverpool, that we would name Dublin Airport after Jim Gaffin. What say you, Mary? No, I don't think it's a good idea at all. Because, of course, he's wonderful. We all know that. Um, but uh, he's Dublin. He is Dublin. And that's that. But Sam Maguire is All-Ireland. I know Sam Maguire is All-Ireland. Five in a row, seven in a row, ten in a row, yeah. 14 in a row, whatever number you want. But it's Dublin. And there's many a rural GA team cheering, cheering in their hearts. Because he's going. <laughs> yeah, there are. No, no but, but what, what, what? Who do you think we should call the? This is a huge airport. Is it twenty-five million people going through it a year? I thought. Rising. I thought of a name coming up. Yes, Sean Namas Airport. Okay, why? Because a lot because, of younger listeners wouldn't know who Sean. Oh, Lamas of course is. they wouldn't. Uh, Sean Namas was the man who brought Ireland out in, out of the dark and into the light, and he was the I man. I thought Dev did that. No, he didn't. You know right well. Don't be smart now. But anyway, uh, Sean Damas for me. All right. Okay. Yeah. And and do you think it's Europe a good... and all that and opening up Ireland yeah. and yeah. Terence yeah. O'Neill yeah. and yeah, everything. I know absolutely. And and I'm I'm not de- decrying that one. Um, do you think it needs a name at all? Well, it's a good. Lots of big cities have their airports. So you wouldn't, you wouldn't have a problem. Okay. No. All right, John. I think Jim Gavin would be a a bit far. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, you're a Bray person, are you, by origin? No, I'm Ballybrack. Back up. Oh, Ballybrack. Ballybrack, which was the birthplace of Sean Lamas. Right. In 1899, the spectacle. And Paul Howard really has produced some <laughs> wonders, hasn't he? Right. All the greats. <laughs> you got uh, a so mouthful there. I, 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 I'm a county Dublin man. I'm a Dublin. Right. I was born in Hall Street. Right, right, right. The answer to this question is Gay Byrne. Do you think? Yes. No, is go it, on. Is Make it, the case. Uh, well, a few people text that in. Mary correctly said that Sean Lamas brought Ireland you know, in, from the dark into the light. I thought Gay Byrne did the same, but culturally and emotionally. And I think that, given his recent passing, um, I think he, he he's somebody that, like Louis Armstrong Airport is in New Orleans or Ronald Reagan Airport in, in Washington. Mm. You you If somebody, well, who is Gay Byrne? And if they read about him then, then they go, oh, that was an interesting guy. And what did he do for our society? But you see, society? we have Cork Airport. We have Shannon Airport. Well, just, like, this well, is Dublin Airport. Well, well, if it was Cork, call it, I know you haven't got a Jack Lynch tunnel already. We'll call it, I don't know, like Terence McSwiney or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> or or, or some, if it's... Michael if, Collins. If, yeah, yeah, Michael Collins. There you Keen. go. Roy Keane. Roy yeah. Keane. Well, or, yeah. <laughs> but Michael Collins would be a good name for Cork Airport. So yeah. like you, you, Mick O'Dwyer Carey Airport. No, but, but the point I'm making is Dublin is Dublin. And you start out saying you're a dub. You know, you know what I mean? And the other point is that Jim's mainline career has been in aviation. It has, but Gay Byrne was a national figure. He was a yeah. national mm-hmm. figure who was also from Dublin. Uh, and I suppose, yeah, it, it should be about the national identity of the country. 
but also they should be aiming to have an air, airport in Shannon because he was originally from that area. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to come to you, Lisa, in a second, but we're going to take a quick break because what they did, which was very clever in, in Knock, they, they, you know, they had Monsignor Horn, original airport. They started naming the roundabouts after different celebrities. We'll be back with more discussion of my final furlong panel in one moment. Before the break, I was talking to my final furlong panellists and I was about to come to Lee's hand on the topic of naming Dublin Airport. We're also in the presence of John Duggan of Off the Ball and Mary O'Rourke. So, uh, uh, how do you... Because you are a sports uh, fan. Yes. You are a dub. Yes. uh, And you tick all the boxes. So, how about Jim Gavin International Airport? Yeah. Um, Nope. Uh, Basically, (laughs) (laughs) simple as that. I think it should be called after a woman. I think it should be Constance Markiewicz. Because there is, it is one of my favourite soapboxes and thank you for offering me the opportunity to climb aboard it. Yes. Um, can you name, uh, apart from Constance Markiewicz, um, any statues of women around the, the, the city centre? Go on, name one. With the floozy and the jacuzzi? No, a real woman. A real woman? Yeah. Uh, a Queen Victoria? Didn't she have A real one? Irish woman. Oh, <laughs> Markiewicz. You you're getting all no. picky on me no, now. No, no, name a real, two Irish, women and a, then, yeah. a real Irish woman. Name one. Right. Uh, probably you know the name answer to this question. Name a street. Name a street in the city centre. Right. Uh, is there one? Apart from the... No. Apart from the Rosie Hackett Bridge, can you name a bridge named after a woman? Right. Uh, no. Right. There is, See, when is, I ask there, questions on her tour, sometimes I don't know the answer. You ask But it, you know all yeah, the answers. Well, I do because yeah. I've written about this. Okay, yes. But the, my basic sort of tortured point is that there are so few pieces of infrastructure named after women in not only the, in, in Rosie Dublin Rosie Hackett I, yeah, she, apart she from, the idea, apart from Rosie Hackett that is literally yeah. the only interest mm. piece of instru- infrastructure major infrastructure in the city that is named after a woman you look at yeah as you mentioned the floozy and jacuzzi Molly Malone the two owl, owl ones with the bags the, all these statues not real women so Constance Markovitz, if you want to take I mean she was the first British M- woman M- M- mm. MP I mean she was a remarkable woman uh, why not? Na- I mean, if you want to talk about someone who who blazed a trail at the at the at the birth mm. of the nation, or you know, or okay, if you want to go sportswoman, name it after Katie Taylor, or you could argue maybe our mo- our, our most storied uh, sports person ever. Right. Name it after Mary Robinson, our first woman president. Yeah, yeah. So, but if the patriarchy came down upon me like a ton of bricks and said, "No, be gone, woman," um, I would have to say I'd name it after another Jim, and that would be James Joyce. He's the obvious choice because Dublin is synonymous, synonymous with him as an author. People celebrate the city, um, you know, in, with Bloomsday. He always says... That's only David Norris and a no, few people uh, it's not. Do you know what? It really isn't. <laughs> no, 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 it, no, no, but we have this culture round no, down. And I say this to his face. If you read James Joyce, you can... If you read you, uh, Ulysses... But did James Joyce, Street and did James Joyce even like Dublin? Well, that's surely uh, well, no, I'm, no, I'm a dub. Oh, no, and oh, no, I'm a proud oh, dub. No, I, mean, I, I have a bag for the feathership because I have a few crows to pluck there. I let you go on now with a lot you of did, in fairness First of all, you. Countess Markovic. Yes. I am ignorant of history. and my, my I, So I will I will defer to your knowledge of history. But when I was looking at some of the dramatization of the series they did to celebrate 1916, mm. she came across as a very privileged countess, no less. And she wasn't like kind of your average working class representative woman who was a Joan of Arc type uh, rebel. Is that a f- a f- unfair? D- just what I watched in the yeah. drama thing, was that unfair? It's that she was, was a snob of, and she was a kind of a, a aristocrat and it, she was a British. Yeah, I mean, she? like, well, I, you could call her Constance Markovic. You don't have to say Countess. No, call her Constance, Constance Markovic. No, Markovich. I mean, I, I would. I, 
I would take exceptions to that. I mean, it was a dramatization. It's not true. It's not true. But, you know, her status doesn't really, you know, preclude her from being a wonderful figure. You don't have to be working class in order to have something named after you. You know, it's not, this isn't about a class thing. Yeah. This is about what you did. Yeah. Um, and I, I just go back to the point. It's just that I would love to see something so big called after a woman. Because yeah. No, I think know, that I point really is do. absolutely right. And I, I have to, the other thing you just you just got me off on the wrong foot <laughs> is I just watched two of Katie's fights and I couldn't see how she won it. And mm. I just, I, I just, I may be in a minority of one, but I just thought the other boxer won it. And I just thought that whole thing is a bit... Well, I threw her in as an example no, okay, of no, the fact no, and that... Sonia Sullivan yeah, is yeah. someone I greatly admire. Yes, and me too. Uh, and, and there's lots of... And Miriam Robinson is not a bad shout. Uh, a woman, please, John. Mm. Uh, Give us some of your liberal fascism now. Um, <laughs> I would say maybe Mary Robinson. Yeah. Um, because of, you know, she, was, she broke, broke boundaries with... But I generally think these things should be in memoriam. I think I don't think they should After be after they're dead. Yeah, I don't think they should be for the living. I'd be nice to appreciate an airport, but you, you could actually cut I, the ribbon I, on your own airport. Yeah, because I think once again, this is all about tourism for me, oh and it, uh, you know, it's not about Gay Byrne or Mary Robinson or whoever it's called. It's about international visitors going, oh, who is that person, and what uh, contributions they have to Irish yeah. society mm. that that. Uh, would make me learn a bit more about Ireland. Does, you, you know what I was thinking when I said, if, if it was left to me in a dictatorship to name it? Name after I, a horse? I, no, 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 no. I'd just say, put it out to tender. We'll call it the <laughs> McDonald's, the Coca-Cola airport. We'll the call Barack it, Obama it, Plaza. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just give us 20 million, please, and pay us a Or the Ark of International Airport. Sean maybe. Sean but is there a woman that you'd put forward? Would you agree with Constance? Well, Mary McAleese, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I'd go back to John Lamas. He was, I know people now would know him, yeah. but he was seminal in Ireland. All right, you're listening uh, to... Interesting, nobody said Bono, the Bono Airport, isn't it, actually? Yeah. Yeah. Saint Bono in this studio, <laughs> please. Oh, yeah. uh, Okay, let's 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 move on to to our, start our next uh, topic. My final furlong panelists are Lee Sand journalist John Duggan of Off the Ball and Mary O'Rourke. Um, the question is the real you. I, I I am perplexed. You know me and millennials. It's just not been a good day for me. Um, there's a survey out. Millions of people admitted in a study that most of their friends do not know quotes the real them, including their life partner. Um, a study of 2,000 adults found that two-thirds believe that even their best friends don't know their true personality and one in ten saying that their other half doesn't really know them. I mean, like, I mean, the, the whole country knows I'm a miserable, grumpy, tight arse. Mm, you know mm, what I mean? Mm. Like, I, like I, I wear my heart on my sleeve. Mary, I think the people know the real you. That doesn't mean they like or dislike or agree <laughs> with you. But the point is, I think, like, it, is, it, is this over, being made over complex? Well, you see, I think there's a part of a person, you, me, any one of us, that is forever secret and doesn't display itself. Oh, tell me, oh, no, tell no, me your no. dark secrets, please. No, it doesn't display itself. <laughs> I mean, we are a secret to ourselves, you know. I mean, Enda and I were so close, and yet there were things about me Enda never knew. Seriously? Yes, yes. Well, no, no, but sorry. Uh, okay, well, let, let me put it another way. I mean, like, what have people got to hide? No, there's nothing hidden about it. It's just there's a little inner core in you. Yeah. And that's private to you. No, but is that things that happened in your life, happened in no. your life? I understand well, that and you, I know people who've been in therapy and so on and they actually no, had No, problems. things you think about, things you dream about. All right. Yeah. Your fantasies, your imagination. Ah. They're private. Yeah. Private, they're private, right. yeah. Okay. No, but I, this is about personality. 
I mean, like, some people are vivacious and outgoing and some people are shy and retiring. Some people are naturally generous and gregarious and other people are tight arsed. I mean, like, in in, in terms of, uh, and, and people change mm. as well, uh, do you think it's true that two-thirds of people don't know their best friends? I, I would I think believe. there's a part of their best friend they don't know and never will know. Yeah, all right. Okay, uh, Lise, uh, t- t- tell me your take on this. Well, I mean, first I was sort of bemused why Pizza Express were, were the ones carrying out this. And then, lo and behold, it turns out that two-thirds uh, of people believe that, you know, going out for a meal together actually ah. helps, your, help, helps you, you get to know each so other. You are so right. Always go to the source of who's paying for this. Ah, yeah. yeah, yeah. this is it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there is that. Now, um, I mean, I, I do actually know where Mary is coming from on this. You know, I think there is, we live in, a, in an oversharing um, kind of generation at the moment where everybody thinks that everything about them should be out there. Um, I, I think on a virtual level, it's actually fake. I, mm. I you know, I, I, yeah, I, I think that's all fake. But no, but no, but, but if, that's, it, no, yeah. but that's my point. Yeah. Is you know, if boy meets girl on Tinder, uh, or boy meets boy, or girl meets girl, or whatever, um, they maybe check out their profiles and look at in, what what their Insta accounts are yeah. doing and all that. So when they finally meet them in the flesh, they have an idea of them, an idealized idea yeah. that mm, isn't mm, doesn't actually bear reality. Mm, yeah. But then you know, it's easier just to keep up that front on the personality, you know, rather than. You know, yeah. the, the sort of, I suppose, the, the, the pre-internet way where you kind of went and sat in the field with a you know flag and a cider with a bunch of mates and you all got mm. to know each other that, you know, by hanging out and banter or sitting on a wall mm. on a Sunday afternoon with nothing to do. I'm not saying that's better. That's just the way it was. But I mean, there was a sort of a, you know, you had a longer kind of lead in time to get to know somebody's personality, mm. you know, rather than the sort of accelerated way it's done now. All right, we're going to take a quick news update now and we're going to find out what uh, John's best mates think of it. Do they really know uh, the John Duggan? Lots more to come on the final furlong. Eamon, let's have a news update, please. Before the news break, uh, John, uh, do you believe that two-thirds of your best friends don't know what John Duggan is really like? I don't believe that. I think my my close friends, I would say there's probably four to five of them uh, would know me quite well. Uh, but I do think that also people do have everybody I do think has as Mary said a closed uh, side maybe 20% um, and, and that probably is it's, it could be desires it could be you it could know, be fears it, it could be fears I think vulnerability is a reason why people put up a front because nobody wants to expose themselves uh, to in, in any way to, to their, their deepest hopes aspirations dreams fears sometimes being in the wrong hands and that's why I think we're oh, well, but with family. Obviously, you're joined with blood in that, and and you you know them because you're in their company all the yeah. time, and that can cause stress and tension, um, just from a physical point of view. But I do think about it. I think with friends and longevity is a big part of it. Um, I, I do think unless you're a person that uh, doesn't have that many close friends and you have a lot of acquaintances, yeah, uh, I do think if if you have a couple of close friends, they're going to know you. They're going to know you. Yeah, but I'm, sorry, I have no doubt that every one of us, in terms of our workplace environment, our public persona, uh, you know, our dealing with our neighbours mm-hmm. in a community, we, we put on a game face of, of people that definitely may not be the real person. You might be more sad, you might be more introverted, you might be more timid or whatever, mm-hmm. and you might you might have problems. So, so I, I, But I just think in your inner circle, like, I mean, just, I, I, I'm actually fascinated by what you said, Mary. I'm actually fascinated mm. by it well, there because you are. because I wouldn't. I mean, I would consider you in terms of your game for be a very open person. You but, don't care. You yes, just say what I you am, think. But inside in me, you know, when you go into the loo and you yeah. think about things, yeah. Well, that's all very private. Yeah, and okay. you're thinking away. 
Okay, okay, mm. okay. Right, let's move on to germs then. Uh, because uh, uh, there's a new study out about harmful uh, superbugs and fungi have been found lurking in beauty products of all things, uh, typically found in makeup bags. Bugs such as <laughs> E. coli and Staphycoliosis uh, uh, were found to have contaminated nine out of ten products that were being used in makeup. Um, we did some further research here on the hard shoulder and we uh, identified other items that have lurking uh, germs and dangers. Dish sponges and cloths, I suppose. The kitchen sink itself. The, the toothbrush holder and uh, maybe an electric toothbrush, I don't know, the head of it. A pet bowl. Right, think about that. Do you clean it every time? Pets, toys, the dog, the, the cat, uh, the coffee uh, base uh, here. Um, yeah, I, I started off, I, I probably wear m- m- more makeup than anyone else in this room <laughs> because I'm wearing it three nights a week uh, for telly. Uh, Lise, uh, what, what's your take on this in terms of, is makeup something, mascara? Uh, the, what's the brown stuff that you put the on? Foundation. The foundation and all that kind of thing. I, I get, I, you see, I'm pasty, I'm male, I'm pale, <laughs> I'm stale, I'm bald. I need lashings of it uh, on yeah, me. Mac I, Cooper just needs a little touch. <laughs> yeah, I have to say when I read this, I kind of, took out my makeup bag and opened it up and just had a look at the contents for a start. And I was pretty appalled at just like just how much I had in there. I mean, there was six lipsticks, two foundations, mascara, three eyeliners, um, blusher um, and about six other things. I Concealer. Can't Concealer, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was just loads of stuff. And when I took it out and I looked at it and I thought, oh, yeah, I haven't probably haven't washed those brushes in a month or so. And, you know, and I kind of thought that's. Yeah, I think a lot of women might fall down on this one, which is, and I it made me think of the, the ludicrous nature that, you know, I scrupulously cleanse my skin every night before I go to bed because I spent my misspent 20s, you know, waking up looking at the shrouded Turin, you know, when you yeah. have the full face of makeup on the white pillow. Right. So I'm, you know, but that's what's, what's the point of me doing that if I am not actually, you know, cleaning brushes and stuff like that. So this one actually, for once, made me have a long, and, hard and think, about, like the, think li- about it. something like lipstick. Uh, how long would you get out of a, a, a stick of lipstick? A, you, would yeah, you get, get a month out of two ah, months? Ah, you would, yeah. Yeah, you, you, ah, yeah two or You would. Months, I mean, particularly yeah. women might wear, you know, you might wear two different lipsticks, one for the day, one for the night. Now, funny enough, there, there was a tip in this and, you know, you do brush off the top layer, but, you know. The oh, sort of yeah. skin of it, yeah. Yeah, yeah so yeah. when you're getting kind of fresh lipstick. But yeah. I think a lot of women would would actually probably hold, hold up a guilty hand on this one. And, and you see, when you look at expiry dates, it's like me, if you go into a supermarket, and say, ah, look, they just want me to yeah. buy it and to throw it out or whatever. Mm, and you yeah. don't take that seriously. Um, yeah. Mary, are you surprised at this? Well, no, I'm not surprised because likely I took a dive into my bag. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Bits of, or oh, bits of powder and bits of concealer, bits of lipstick, bits of everything. <laughs> yeah. So I think it sounds we, toxic. It's it's horrible, and we do throw Sounds them around. Sounds like a zoo is in there along with your makeeup. Yeah, yes, yeah, indeed, of yeah. creepy crawlies. So and, and, and so you no, I don't turn think there were creepy leaf. crawlies. No, I don't think there were. But but yeah, bits and bobs of everything got to do with makeup. Well, this this say, says the potential harms range from skin infections to blood poisoning. Did you ever ever have a cut or anything like that that you actually had a problem that you got uh, an infection or anything? Or no, I didn't. No. No, 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 I didn't. But I mean. I, I, I was actually, I have to say, hands up now. I mean, I, 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 it'll add, be added to my New Year's resolution list is to give my makeup bag a thorough clean out every now and then. Which brings us to, to other other lurking.
shocking sources, uh, John. What, 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 what do you think? Like, there's nothing worse than the smell of a dishcloth that's gone off. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, I, I think one thing to watch out for is dust. And so if you've like a, got a bed near the wall or whatever, and then you pull out the bed and there's just like dust gathering everywhere uh, or dust on bookcases, that kind of thing. Uh, dust can be something that can be a bit of a hidden, hidden uh, problem. Men don't see dust. That's why, John. Like a lot. I mean, I'm delighted you said that. It's like you're one in um, it's like Matt, Lu- Matt Lucas in uh, Little Britain. Dust. <laughs> dust. <laughs> <laughs> Lots more to come on the final final. We'll take one final quick break. Uh, we're in the company of Lee Sand journalist John Duggan of Off the Ball, who is working really hard on Saturdays as well as Monday oh, to Friday now from one to five. And Mary O'Rourke, <laughs> who is going to take tighter control of her makeup. Join us. Uh, next, we'll be discussing the joys of reading. Welcome back to the final part of the final furlong. We're in the company of Mary O'Rourke, John Duggan and Lee Sand. I'm going to come to you first on this topic because you have told us previously, Mary O'Rourke, that your great joy uh, as you live alone and and pastime is to read a good book and have a couple of goes on on, on different books on Mm. the go at one time. Well, the reason we're going to talk about reading is because there's a survey out from 36 OECD countries that looked at 15 and 16 year olds to see Do they read books? And um, I often wonder, do the Irish tell the truth in this? We're third in the EU and eighth out of 77 countries covered. And it, it says basically that um, uh, these these kids uh, are, are, are exemplary in terms of, you would think they're just looking into their, the PISA, P-I-S-A results, looking into their smartphone, playing their Game Boys and video games and so on. But it seems they're reading books. Is reading, this true? Reading, reading, I was so happy the morning I heard that because I thought, good for the teachers of Ireland, particularly the primary teachers who take in children very young and who teach them and get them in on books. I thought, I thought it was wonderful. Do you know, the only two countries out of the whole 49 or whatever that are better than us are Estonia. Imagine yes. little Estonia and um, Finland, Finland, right. where the Prime Minister but such has resigned. Lives. They have nothing else yes. to do, only put their head in a book. But I think it's wonderful that yes. our young people no, are reading. I, I, Deirdre, my wife, is a fifth class teacher, and she said there's nothing the kids like more at a particular part of the day where they, they read aloud yes. to the whole class. That's the right. And they're so excited as the page yes, is turned yeah, and so yeah. on. So I do think school, because I don't think the parents of today uh, read a bedtime story anymore. Well, I think some do, but I think... They're time poor now. But there's an everlasting attraction about a book and a child. Absolutely. Turn the pages, look at the pictures, think, think, think. I think it's marvellous. Right. That that's the result for Ireland. And you believe it? I do believe it. Oh, yes, I do. And I do that for my grandchildren. Yes. All six of them. Yes. And what age are they at this stage? Between eight and 17. And what do you think is the right age to get them in on it? Oh, young, five, six. Right. Oh, yeah. Start right. them. That's why I think... Before the prim- they get the smartphone. I think the primary teachers of Ireland are heroines because it's they that inculcate all that in young people. All right. A lot of them are burnt out, though. Hmm? Uh, 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 John. <laughs> uh, uh, you tell you for that. <laughs> well, uh, she'd tell me that. Yes. Uh, wait till I tell you, uh, uh, John, could this be true? Because my experience is of most people coming out of our education is that they can't spell. I am absolutely never cease to be amazed how people 
spell things phonetically and they're like their C's and their S's and they just get like it's desperate people spelling young people spelling whereas you know I'm, I know I'm an old curmudgeon but I mean like I, I think it actually really reflects badly on something if they write something down or type something and they spelt, you know, a, ba- a fairly, I don't mind some, you know, someone from Gabon and you get the, you know, spelling of their word name wrong. But th- there's some basic. Uh, Obama Yang. Exactly. <laughs> my, my nemesis. You, you actually nailed it there. You play for Arsenal. Obama Yang. You gave me awful trouble last night. But anyway, I just referred to the Arsenal skipper. <laughs> oh, don't mention that. Uh, I, I do think people are reading less uh, and I think that's just because of technology and people are reading on phones and people are doing things quicker and people don't have as much, enough patience for reading. I think that's the, the key thing of the issue with reading is the patience, the lack of patience to read. And... Even finding the time to get a, to sit down, and I know Mary's got the time at the moment to to read a book. Like it's a luxury for a lot of people, uh, which is a shame. Uh, but reading is so important, and I would give the advice to any kind of teenager between thirteen and eighteen. That's a really important time to read to your formative years of reading, because mm. I think a lot of people would read generally. But once you get into teenage years, you know, there's they're chasing boys or girls, or you know, there's. You know, there's, there's so many like computer games they can play now, the sports events, all these kind of things. But when you say reading, uh, could that be reading on a smartphone, or do you be, mean reading a book? But I think reading a, a book, book, is, book, uh, book. But, I, but I think to read a book is a disciplined effort. So you're sitting down, you actually get the physical uh, you know, the paper, and you're, you're mm. scrolling the pages. And I think that it, it shows an application to read rather than being, oh, well, I'm just going to flick something. And also with the uh, proliferation of fake news, it's important to be discerning around that. Uh, and I think that's it very mo- most of the insight I've got out of life has been through reading, and I read a lot of articles in that. But like we could all talk about our favourite books here, but uh, re- re- reading books can actually have an impact in your life. Uh, you see, by the time I've read all my briefs, like you have there, and the one thing I have to read every day, <laughs> the Racing Post, the front and back, that is my Bible every day. I actually don't have time to read anything more. I mean, like, are you time poor when it comes to reading? Are you a good reader yourself? Yeah, I, I'm. I'm there's stuff you have to read now. No, I mean, I there's always stuff I have to read. I mean, I get up as in the a morning, journalist. Yeah. As a journalist, and I mean, my morning reading is the papers. I read them online. Uh, I subscribe to several, so that'll be the the the, the day. But I but do, that's need to know part that's of your need to job. Know stuff. Yes. I mean it's yeah. I mean I I read. I'm engaged with it as well. But I, it is need to know stuff. But I will if I'm at home in the evening. I find myself watching less and less television, and I find myself reading more, and uh, like a book book, um, because I have always got such pleasure and joy at reading. And I completely agree with John. I mean, I was a voracious reader in my teen years. Absolutely. I just gobbled books. I was haunted the local library. Um, and I think as well, when it was funny, I was just doing out a list of kind of just all the kind of books that made made a big impression on me. And they're almost all by American authors. It's interesting. And I have a great love for Are America. Are they novels or? Mostly novels. But I mean, anything from Truman Capote to, you know, to Raymond Chandler to, you know, to Hemingway to Edith Wharton, um, you know, as recently maybe as Cormac McCarthy. But it, I think it actually instilled in me when I read so much of that, that, like a real love and fascination with America that has persisted all my life. When I looked at the amount of books that made an impression on me that were written by European or, say, even British authors. Now, I'm, I'm excluding Irish authors d- deliberately from this. And I, I really didn't. There was nothing really that stood well, out. No, but with there me. was something John said there that resonated with me. It's just the effort of it. Like I could watch the Crown series now on Netflix, and you know what I mean. Someone has gone to a lot of trouble to put it together for mm-hmm. me in a kind of lie on the couch, have a glass of wine way. That whereas the reading, I've got to do all the effort. But that's wonderful. 
It is You've good, turned you the know. pages, and every page is a new yeah. page. And you have to every put your phone away. Every page is a new character. Yeah, and you have oh, to put I your phone on the far side of the room when you read a book I'm as well. looking forward We're to getting home. completely different, Mary. Hmm? All right. We're completely different people. Final topic I just want to race through uh, is, we debated earlier in the week, and I thought this was a cracking idea, leaving aside the cost. Down at the Docklands in the IFC, they've this little St. George's Dock or something, so a little area of water. Oh, yeah. And they've got this idea to put a white water rafting facility. Now, it'll mean also that the fire brigade can do training. And everyone said, no, no, 22 million. There's a housing crisis. Uh, the local people won't gain anything out of it. You know, and oh, you've all these office blocks down there, you know, financial services oh. and all down there. Uh, but look, it's good. It's like... It's a national centre. Now, maybe it should be on the River Shannon. I don't know. Oh, but yes. apparently the canoeing people were on and they were all for it. What's you, you, Mary? Well, I can't make up my mind about it. I heard the debate on radio and uh, they both had very good points, people who were putting them forward. I mean, if it's going to be used nationally, OK, fine. Olympic training? Training uh, for fire... Yeah, no, the training for the white water rapids. Yes, yeah, I know the rapids, yeah. The slalom and all that stuff they do. Yeah, I, I, is it a frippery? Is it a frippery? Right, so you're you're saying there's better ways to spend 22 million? But not if it was on the River Shannon. Yeah. It wouldn't be. Oh? It would be used. But it flood. It would flood. And who's going to go to Athlone? I mean, from oh. the capital. I mean, like, it's such a long way. Oh, and dear, pretty, dear. It, it rains Ivan. there and it's very dreary there most times. I oh, was no, there. it's There's not There's a wind at as you walk across the bridge. Well, now, what a pity you don't come on a good day. So we're looking forward to welcoming you with the white water. Well, the only thing good is in 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 Athlone is is the nice lovely boats that you can get in. Yes, yes. But it's a very poor shopping place. All right, for against the white water rapids. Indifferent. Indifferent. You're a sports guy. Yeah. Like, oh, what all these things are. Meh. Do the, do the, yeah, meh. Do the benefits outweigh the costs? And uh, I'm not so sure if they do. Uh, I is think it, this is it, something it, it is a, it is a white elephant a white elephant is yeah. it a white elephant I, yeah. I, I don't know uh, if we win a, some canoeing medals at the Olympics we don't win very many medals at the Olympics maybe it'll be a positive thing and we can cherish Liam Jegu or whoever uh, wins medals and, ha- and actually having been able to train in Ireland rather than having to train in France but yeah. uh, mm-hmm. I uh, you're throwing a bucket of cold water on this I, I, am, thought, you, I thought I can't you even swim with, Ivan I know but I thought you I can't even swim per- I know that I know that but <laughs> I can't even I'm drive a, I know I know I know, ah, I know, well, I know. <laughs> at least right. I can read books well, okay. uh, yeah. I would be violently against it virulently oh. against it absolutely adamantly right. opposed to it I think it's a cockamamie idea um, I think it is the worst kind of it reminds me of the bad old days of the Celtic Tiger. It's it's a nonsense idea. Uh, I mean, it went, it's already doubled in cost, in projected cost from 12 million to almost 23 million. So God only knows what, what it will cost by the time it actually was finished. And if you're going to put something down there, put something that would literally benefit the locals. I mean, build some proper lovely outdoor swimming pools. You're not Maybe just put a grudger. Oh no, I'm not if a big one. If the canoe people want to let them Well, let this, listen, how many people canoe? I mean, it's like... But how many people might canoe? If well, how many, how many people will be benefited that? And it's going to cost at least 50 quid a head to, to use as well. This is for hens and stags. End of, I'm sorry. It's a tourist, it's an absolute glorified tourist trap. No, thank you. Build something sensible there. Well, I'm going to give you the last word because you absolutely tick my box. The one thing I want on every minute of the hard shoulder, Monday to Friday, is not opinion, an outstandingly firm opinion that's unshakable. <laughs> 
throat and rammed down wow. the throat of everybody and that's exactly what we want and I've got that for the last hour and I want to thank my final furlong panel uh, Mary O'Rourke uh, uh, who who is putting up with my abuse about Athlone John Duggan who you can hear at one o'clock tomorrow here on this station and Lisanne have you got some some have you, are you going to write a book please oh don't you start don't you start because you well, know a lot of secrets. I do know, yeah, see, I do know a lot of secrets, but uh, I think if I was to write the full book, I'd probably be bumped off before I ever saw the light of day. <laughs> so the, legal, the legal people might have. My thanks to one and all, and that's our lot not only from the final furlong, but for the hard shoulder this week. My thanks to the production team, Dan Flanagan, Ashling Moore, Alex Russo, Roisin Davis and John Donovan. Off the Ball is up next. Yes, one of many Christmas parties is on tonight. Uh, I, if I had hair, I'd be letting it down, so I won't. I'll talk to you Monday. Have a great weekend and Happy thanks for Christmas. listening.